Ruth chapter 2. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. After him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant, who was in charge of the reapers, answered, She is a young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to the glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young woman. Let your eyes be on the field that are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes? that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner. But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of, a, of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that did, you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel under whose wing those wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have come for me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed, her, passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an eatfa of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name in womb I worked today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you will go out with this young woman, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the to the young woman of Boaz, gleaning until the end of barley and wheat harvests. 
and she lived with her mother-in-law. Well, we're back for episode two for this McGregor podcast special. And I just want to say that that cliffhanger from chapter one, that they arrived at the beginning of Barley Harvest is huge because it's just, it's pointing to the providence of God. I love how the author doesn't really overtly make any large statements about God, you know, um, but there's so much that's implied about, about like the behind the scenes work of the Lord. I'm from a really small town in Ohio and there's lots and lots of cornfields and the likelihood of Ruth going back to the house of bread where there's barley just growing everywhere. everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, and, and her just happening, just so happening, to, like the author puts it, to end up at Boaz's field is remarkable. And it right, can only be God. The, the probable, nothing in the text says this for certain, but it's probable that the whole culture of Bethlehem was like a, a farming culture. Mm-hmm. And these these fields in every direction, as far as the eye can see, all around town are, are like co-op mm-hmm. fields. Yeah. And so you're right. You are really messing with the law of averages if you believe the law of averages put her in in Boaz's crosshairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, just, they're just not even credible. Why don't we talk about why it's important for Ruth to have ended up at Boaz's field? Why does the rest of the story hinge on this? Yeah, because there's a... The, the 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 kinsman redeemer rules come into play because and we've already seen it in the text that Boaz is a is a is a family member a kinsman and and if she ends up somewhere else then then she's not going to she may have met someone that she became attracted to and married but it's not going to be the connection that this story wants to tell us about about the bloodline that's going to be involved and the family that's going to be involved. Um, in the providence of God, as God's will is unfolding, it had to be this field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so God saw to it that it was. Yeah. Do you ever wonder why Naomi doesn't go work? She just sends out Ruth? No, I wonder. I wonder was she so depressed still from? <laughs> or, or, we don't really have any, any specific markers about her age. Age, but. Um, yeah, that's a she. She is sort of the dispatcher, isn't yeah, she? Sends, Come to think of it, sends, yeah, sends Ruth out. And it's interesting that and that they would because Ruth was not hired by Boaz. She just shows up. Yeah. So it was this kind of this understanding this welfare work program where they would leave the edges of the field for people that right right come in and yeah they, they were they were they they were supposed to harvest inefficiently mm-hmm. basically right. and 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 leave behind for those who who would be food poor mm-hmm. uh, the the cleanup of the field that's what gleaning is it's cleaning up the field after the production harvest has come through right uh, and you get to you get to the the edges and the inefficiencies of of the harvest are for the poor right but it's in that where Boaz sees her, yeah, already has an understanding of who she is because her reputation of, of what she's done for Naomi and coming back and supporting Naomi. So he knows that, he sees her, takes notice of her, right? And that's again, is what you're getting at, that, that, that providential moment yep. where yep. here she is at all the fields in Bethlehem, ends up and Boaz shows up to his job site and sees her. There's yeah. a part of me. Oh, no, go ahead. oh, sorry. There's a part of me that wonders how he said, "Whose young woman is this?" You know, like I wonder. <laughs> yeah. But at the same, like 
it's a, it's, it was an important question for him to ask, not like, who is this? Because he's basically asking like, to whom does she belong? Mm -hmm. um, because your family line does make um, a huge impact on like tra the trajectory of the rest of your life. And, but and, and you, you wonder if there weren't um, some, some visible difference. She is of a different ethnicity mm -hmm, yeah. and I don't, I, I've never, I've never met uh, a, um, a Moabitess aside, you know, standing beside a Jewish <laughs> in, in 1400 BC. So I don't, I don't know whether that would have been an evident difference or, or not. Um, it is he, later when he has the conversation with her, he's, he's pulled her background. But I think whose young woman is woman is this is some combination of I don't I don't recognize her I don't At recognize point, her right. yeah she looks a little bit different um and maybe maybe there's maybe she's maybe she's not ugly uh, you know the God God certainly has used the attractiveness of people to cause people to be attracted to people before. Um, or maybe she was just really good at gleaning. Yeah. yeah. And well, and then the work ethic thing <laughs> work, does come yep. up, you know, the, I tell you what, she's she worked took, all day and she doesn't slack took one little break. And, yeah. yeah. So there's some impressive things that come up. I love how we can talk about the details and infer a lot of things and try to connect dots as much as we can. But ultimately we still have to let the scripture speak right. for itself. Um, so thanks for bringing us back, Chloe. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I actually interpret it like whose young woman is this? Like he has like something in the back of his mind. He kind of says it nonchalantly on purpose, just so nobody knows that he's interested. You know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. just kind of like throwing it out there, seeing what he can gather without really like he being really like, thought about this. Boaz, <laughs> Boaz the millennial. Yeah. 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 I guess, I guess that's my yeah. millennial interpretation. She's uh, <laughs> then he goes and checks her social media. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all too real. Oh, so what is a kinsman redeemer? Why is this a big deal? Actually, I can give you the answer because I have the verse right here. From Deuteronomy 25.5, we have a law that God placed. If brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside of the family to a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. Yeah. Very interesting law. Yeah, it's to, per, the perpetuation of bloodlines mm -hmm. was a very big deal. Uh, the population of Israel was not a big population. They were, they were marked out by the distinctiveness of being God's covenant people and the preservation of those family lines and tribal identities and all those things was very, very important. And, and so um, the, this is the law of liberate marriage mm -hmm. and it's, it's a, a necessity. Um, and remember that both both Naomi and, for our purposes here, Ruth are widows. Mm -hmm. um, and while she's a Moabite widow, you, you I guess you could make a case that that maybe the law would not Might as not apply. strictly yeah. apply. Yeah. But the spirit of the law is very much alive among the, the the godly remnant of Israel, the people who are in this time of the judges, at least at least seeking to obey the law. Especially for Boaz, I think we see that because we'll see later. There was someone else that could have. Yeah, it was closer, and, and he even he even backed away. Seeks to defer, if, yeah. if yeah, but not Boaz. The uh, impulse in Boaz to behave mm -hmm. uh, redemptively, mm -hmm. 
Uh, and, 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 and again, we don't, we, don't have to, we don't have to sort of clean these people up to the point that they're no longer human. Uh, there's, there's no doubt that as, he, as the story progresses, he falls in love with this young woman. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing prurient about that. Um, but his, his initial generosity toward her, his initial grace toward her, yeah. he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to, um, you know, like later on when his, you know, the, glean, the gleaning was supposed to benefit from an inefficient harvest. But he goes further. He goes, look, you guys, I want you to harvest extra sloppy. Uh, and, and make sure that you are leaving a substantial amount behind in the area where she's going to glean, mm-hmm. which is a way to be generous to her without being just, hi, here's a bunch of stuff for you. Um, so there's a there's an artfulness to his to his sort of desire to behave redemptively toward her. Yeah. Which, well, there were even the cool. gleaning, there were laws for gleaning. Mm-hmm. And so that even just speaks all the more to how God cares for the widows and, uh-huh. and, mm-hmm. and Jesus acts that way too. He cares for the widows and those in desperate situations. He does. So yeah. Above and beyond. Yeah. Um, I, years ago I listened to a sermon and I don't remember where it was or anything, but I remember that there were three uh, major points from it that a kinsman redeemer has the right, the resources and the will to save us. And that is who Boaz, spoiler alert, comes to be for Ruth. He comes to have, he has the right, um, potentially. Which comes, which comes from a blood connection. Yeah. Remember, he, he's got to be a relative. Um, and, and you're right in terms of expanding that to Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that Christ, born of Mary, has a blood connection yeah. to us. Yeah and, yeah, and he had the resources to redeem her. I mean, he has obviously has money to take care of her if, if the whole field is his. Right. Um, and then the will, it will come to find out that he is interested in her. Um, but that is how Christ is for us. He has the resources to ca- take care of us because he's God. Mm-hmm. And then because he has the will, he... he he loves us, you know, and so he's a very, um, he, there are just a lot of parallels to Christ yeah. in Boaz yeah, and his character too. Just the fact that he's interested in her because of like what you were saying before, Pastor Mark, her, her work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. He was drawn to her. And I think that covenant, you know, experiencing God's faithfulness that Boaz had experienced over the years and understanding how God had blessed him, his desire was to be a blessing. We see that with his employees, the people that work for him, and apparently they had great respect for him, just how they, how he treated them and mm-hmm. the response there. And so now he's he sees a foreigner, even before he knows all the details, but you know, this is, I wanna take care of this, this, this person. And then he finds out about her, and I think that begins that process you're talking about of, oh, well, she is, a relative. This there is yeah. potential something here. Yeah, and and again, the the romantic undercurrent does not cheapen the redemptive character. Obviously, the romantic undercurrent keeps this from being like a, a parable of Christ. This is a nonfiction story. This this happened. This happened mm-hmm. yeah. And 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 so while I believe there is a a marvelous and elegant and beautiful romantic undercurrent here, it doesn't it doesn't lessen, cheapen, or or make um, ew, the uh, that's a technological term or theological <laughs> term. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't diminish the the theological story that's being told here of of a 
redeemer who of his own volition, of his own resources, of his own legitimate connection, moves unilaterally to redeem one that could not lay claim to that redemption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he does it anyway. And, and, and that's just, that's, that's, you know, the beauty of the story. Yeah. And we see that new covenant grace, um, even reflected here in verse 20, uh, there's a word kindness Mm -hmm. that is translated to the Hebrew word hesed, which means loving kindness or the like, Grace. Yeah, it's, grace. It's, 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 it's a very rich word. Um, it, it, loving kindness is how the archaic English translations typically translate it, but it's, um, it's grace. It is, it is kindness driven by love in a way that is undeserved. Mm-hmm. So it all, and it's the word Naomi uses to describe what Boaz has done for Ruth and for her and, yeah. and that. And so another beautiful picture there. He's gone way beyond anything. Even through her bitterness. Yeah, and this, I think we're starting to see maybe a little bit of... A little bit of a thaw. Yeah, a little bit of a thaw here and and that that she comes home with all this stuff and finds out it's Boaz. Boaz has taken an interest in her. Yeah. This is a good thing. And so she uses that phrase, "May, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And so here, here's, you know, it's still a little, maybe a little snarky there in that how she words it, but. Uh, and I love how Ruth never says, I told you so, because I'm sure that if she had the faith to go with Ruth, with, with Naomi in the first place, then she had the, the, at least the mind to understand who God was and his nature, mm-hmm, but she mm-hmm. wasn't comforting Naomi and just saying, oh, come on, everything's going to be okay. But she right. stood with her and she was with her the whole time and um, didn't need to spew a whole bunch of like even Bible verses at her, you know, while I'm sure that she may have encouraged her in that way when she's living in, in God's faithfulness here and finally seeing something happen. It, she doesn't say, I told you so. And I think that that's, that speaks so much to what God yeah. has done inside of her heart. We you know? certainly see a whole lot more about her walk with God mm-hmm. as an encouragement to Naomi than anything explicitly that is Naomi's walk with God encouraging Ruth. Yeah. You know, Ruth, Ruth kind of becomes, uh, and, and, and sort of the, the teaser at the end of chapter two is she, she lived with her mother-in-law. Ruth is still living with Naomi. And Naomi is obviously taking note of what's going on, uh, possibly, between Ruth and Boaz. But Ruth has come to be the one who is, is more taking spiritual initiative and certainly the one who's being more used of God. What do you think when Naomi tells her that he, after, he talks, after she talks about the kindness, she says, the man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. What do you think happened in Ruth's mind at that point? Did she, did she start thinking what might happen? You think, or did she even understand that? Yeah, I, she would have had to. In order for the comment to have any context at all, and I'm, I'm uh, Chloe, I'm doing what you just alluded to. I'm I'm, I'm seeing two dots, and I'm I'm, I'm drawing a <laughs> line between them, and the line is not scripture. The two dots are she's she's bringing up Leverite marriage right. as a principle to her daughter-in-law. So that that is that is happening. Yep. So I'm inferring around that somehow she Ruth has to have heard of that for the comment to make any sense. Right. She has to for her to say that to her in the moment. It has yeah. to be you know that Leverite marriage thing we talked about. Mm. He's he, one of your relatives. Yeah. Um, and I think again as as I I don't think that that Boaz's initial question tell tell me who that that young lady is over there is is bereft of interest in knowing who that young lady is. I don't think 
I don't think Ruth was grossed out to hear, you know, Boaz is on the kinsman <laughs> redeemer list. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ruth. Was, I don't think Ruth's response in that moment was, "Would you stop?" I, I think it's. I think it's. Huh. Huh. Yeah. So. And Naomi and continues to encourage her to, yeah. to keep going and stay with his well, woman. Well, yeah, because she's going to be taken care of, though, too. You know, oh, yeah. so yeah. it's kind of selfish yeah. in a, a way. Selfish there, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you're going to be living off of a wealthy man. You know, you can be, you can be <laughs> self-aware and self-interested without being overtly selfish. However, however, the degree... I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take away your chapter two into chapter three spoiler. Can I do the chapter two into chapter three spoiler? Do it, and then we'll close this thing out. The degree to which Naomi encourages Ruth is a matter of some question and some controversy mm-hmm. because she certainly seems to encourage Ruth in a very encouraging way, but that is chapter three for our next episode. Yeah, and we will see you there. Be be sure to like, subscribe, share, do the thing that you're supposed to do to make this thing get bigger. We love our listeners, and um, yeah, we'll see you next time. This has been a McGregor podcast special. Hosted and directed by me, Chloe Weimer. Special guests were Pastor Russell Howard and Pastor Mark Bricker. Executive producer and editor, Christian Miller. The character readings were read by our narrator, Elora Bays, Naomi, Drea Rose, Ruth, Emma May, Boaz, Jake Hastings, and the elder, Asher Edwards. The set design was Trudy Evans, audio technician, Bill Steinbrecher, Social media coordinator, Julia Weimer. Director of McGregor Podcast, Jeff Eskridge. McGregor Podcast is a ministry of McGregor Baptist Church. For more information, head to mcgregorpodcast.com. Merry Christmas.